come back to this idea that we talk about quite a lot, which is that, that we're in mysterious times. Is the language we use, and you know, it's also you know, many people describe it as unraveling times. Um, and if you're going to be truly walking through these mysterious times, actually, the question becomes: How do we navigate? And that has to involve an amount of experimentation because it's impossible given what we're living through on all levels in our culture like there's, there's still too much sense of if you do these things you can be certain of knowing the outcome and I always think of it as like walking in the mist you know uh, on another day on Dartmoor when you can when the mist comes down and you can hardly see in front of your face and then occasionally you get these glimpses of clarity within those mists you know the wind blows and you just get this vision oh god it's over there the tour I need to be getting to that I think is what we're talking about with these deeply mysterious times we can't know we have to experiment our way through it and I think that's what we're why we started this through and let's just see what emerges because when you're navigating the mystery in the way that we all are trying in some form to do you, you have to start from a place of saying I, I just simply don't know but I just feel and trust that we're moving in the right direction and you have to start by putting one foot in front of the other, otherwise you're just stuck, stuck um, still on a misty moorland. And so I think that's that was at the heart of it. That's just navigating the mystery. You have to start. You're listening to the Spaceship Earth podcast with me, Dan Burgess. The concept of the Spaceship Earth is simple. We live on a life-giving rock called Earth, hurtling through space. Like a spaceship, we have a finite amount of supplies with an intelligent operating system which keeps everything we need replenished as long as we all respect it and use wisely. So an understanding of how this system works, along with deep cooperation between humans and all life, is essential to keep us thriving and the spaceship flying. In this podcast, I'm in conversation with humans involved in regenerating life, shifting consciousness and reimagining how we can live more beautifully and peacefully. I talk with artists, activists, writers, designers, adventurers, healers, entrepreneurs, creative mavericks, and more. Their stories invite us to participate in the co-creation of a more beautiful, life-sustaining world in service to life, becoming crew on Spaceship Earth. Greetings, Earthling. Uh, it's Dan here. Welcome to the podcast. Uh, appreciate you tuning in. Uh, I'm emerging from the darkness of January into the the stirringness of Imbolc in early February. Um, so, yeah, I'm actually just about to begin a new season of podcast recordings after a fairly lengthy pause. Um due to the sort of beautiful uncertainty of life, uh, which paused all things podcast uh, for some time last year. Um, But I'm excited about uh, the new episodes, which will feature extraordinary human crew on Spaceship Earth. Um, But before all of that, I want to share this episode, which is a deeper dive into the learning experiences offering which has been gestating and now birthing through the podcast a thing we call becoming crew unlearning adventures for navigating mysterious times Uh, and this conversation is with my fellow becoming crew guides mark sears and eva semenovich 
So when I started the podcast in 2018, it was at a time when I was kind of burning out in many ways um, from about a decade of very intense creative activism, experimentation, agitation, campaigning with communities, brands, activists, artists, scientists, ecologists and all sorts. And the podcast really started as a way for me to sort of reflect back on a lot of that through having conversations with others. Um, And it's always been um, naturally for me about digging into deeper, longer form conversations with amazing human crew on Spaceship Earth who are deeply focused on regenerating life on this earth, you know, bringing life back through their own unique gifts, imaginations, creative energies and courageous actions. These are folks putting care, love and connection vibes into the world around them. And these conversations are offered always as fertilizer, inspiration, provocation and invitation, if you like, to cross a threshold away from the story of separation, competition, extraction, transaction and distraction, which has kind of dominated these industrial times, which are now unravelling at pace and crossing into a story of wonder and possibility um, and imagination of collective entanglement with life itself, of community, connection and creative courage. It's a crew story about stepping into service on Spaceship Earth in service to life itself. And I continue to be blown away by the messages I get from listeners who reach out and share how much an episode is connected or something that they've taken from the podcast and the support and the encouragement for me to keep going and that is amazing to hear and that does keep me going which is why I'm about to get going with a whole new season of recordings but I also know uh, that many many people are stuck are seeking support on their own journeys and their own projects of change towards regenerative cultures and regenerative futures. These are individuals, organisational teams, communities, and that's no surprise because we can't think and talk our way into the future using the same thinking, doing and being that has led to so much of the kind of destruction and divisiveness we're now experiencing. And one constant I've been exploring for years through my own work and journeying is this idea of participation, of becoming part of the changes we seek, of becoming curious inquirers, active participants, co-creators of the emerging future, becoming crew on Spaceship Earth. And part of that requires a confronting of our own vulnerabilities, fears, discomfort, deeply held assumptions and the stories we tell ourselves which often stop us from meaningful action. 
And recognising this as being a fundamental part of the change we seek, because if you like, system change requires transformation at every level of society, including our own individual and collective level. And there's this dance between inner and outer relationships, which is really where I now firmly root from. Because when you really strip back terms like sustainability or regeneration or climate action, environmentalism, fundamentally, what we're really asking ourselves is, how can we coexist with all life, with nature and each other? How can we flourish together with the world we have not made? How do we find our true unique place within this vast intelligent web of life on Spaceship Earth and participate within that, contributing to the health of the whole through our own unique expressions in our work and lives and ways of showing up? That's kind of it when you get under the jargon and theories, because most of the enormous challenges we face are down to ways of thinking and being that have seen humans as separate from nature, separate from the living world around us, separate from the environment, separate from each other, battling it out in a zero-sum game to compete, grow, win, monetize, accumulate and be productive. And it's taking us to the brink. What if we're really being asked to do in this time is to deepen our relationships with life itself, to begin to unlearn a whole load of stuff we've been taught about normality, which we now understand is destroying life and dividing us, and begin to learn in new ways, to co-create new knowledge by re-entangling with ourselves, each other and with nature are more than human family. And through that, begin to reimagine, redesign and bring forth new ways of organising ourselves on this earth with new diverse stories of collective possibility, which are life-sustaining, life-giving, life-centred. Gregory Bateson, the anthropologist, systems thinker and author, had this saying, The major problems in the world are the result of the difference between how nature works and the way people think. The major problems in the world are the result of the difference between how nature works and the way people think. That's always spoken to me as a provocation. And so a frame I've been exploring in my own inquiries and been convening others around is how can we learn to think like nature works? How can we learn to think like nature works? Now, that is in itself an intentionally trickster question, because does nature think, for example? And if so, how? And are we not nature ourselves? But anyway, this question is at the heart of Becoming Crew, which is an invitation to cross a threshold, to begin to remember, to dream, imagine and act, to begin to evolve ourselves in community with our fellow humans and more than human crew in order to bring life back to ourselves, to each other, to this earth through our unique gifts, creative expressions and new stories manifested through our lives, through our work, through our organisations and our ways of being. It's about exploring our deepest and most alive questions, questions that these times are demanding we connect with.
It's about connecting more deeply to nature, the operating system for all life and the living world around us in the places we call home. Tuning into the cycles of life, seeking guidance from the great rhythms and patterns of this earth, expanding our intelligence and ways of knowing beyond just the human intellect. It's about connecting and trusting our own unique creative energies and gifts, about experimenting our way into a different future, about cultivating the creative courage and resilience required to do extraordinary things, things that will fill our future ancestors with pride. And it's about collective evolution, putting love, care and connection at the centre deeply listening to each other and supporting each other through these mysterious times. Over the last two decades, I've been fortunate to work from the hyper-local to the global on many, many different issues, designing and launching community-focused, creative ways of deepening our engagement and understanding of climate and nature and its intimate relationship with our stories of culture, society, economy and technology. I've collaborated with amazing humans on the leading edges of change. I've gained deep experiential knowledge and cultivated practices which harness creativity, collaboration culture, community, to catalyse action and resilience on complex social, ecological and climate challenges. Alongside that, I've continued to work with wise teachers to expand my own perspectives and practices, especially when it comes to opening up to the more than human world and our relationship with nature. The conversations on the podcast continue to keep my horizon open and expanding, So in the last few years, I've been reflecting on what are the most vital and useful things I've learned and trying to integrate these learnings and practices that feel critical for these times into learning experiences. Experiences that create the conditions and space for people to begin to evolve themselves rapidly together in community in deeper transformational ways to connect with their true gifts and creative potential and to orient those energies towards regenerating life itself, stepping into service as crew on Spaceship Earth. In the last 18 months, this prototyping has included a six-month peer-supported Becoming Crew experience using the Huddlecraft methodology, organisational team experiences developed with the leadership team at hospitality chain Boston Tea Party, and a five-week online-offline experience for individuals and teams, which we call Community Solo, which we've just kicked off our second cohort. Whew, so that was a lot, but it feels important to me, at least, to lay that out as we launch our 2023 Becoming Crew offerings in these weeks ahead. So back to this episode, this was recorded in a cottage on Dartmoor, uh, as you do, a few weeks back. Uh, It's a conversation with my fellow Becoming Crew guides, Mark Sears and Eva Semenovich. Now, I've known Mark for about 12 years and Eva for about six years. Um, Interestingly, I met both of them through the Good For Nothing project, Uh, which I co-founded in 2011, and Mark set up the Brighton chapter and Ever was part of a crew who bought Good For Nothing to Bath. Um, They both have strong roots in the strategic and creative world. Mark at the time was, uh, that I met him, was head of brand strategy at the Virgin Group, uh, and we've cultivated a strong relationship 
over the last decade um, on our own personal rewilding journeys, as I would call it. And at times, we've been learning together. We were on the first uh, cohort of the Call of the Wild under the incredible teachings of Chris Salisbury of Wildwise. Um, we went on to develop and grow the Wild Network for several years, which we launched on the back of the feature-length documentary film Project Wild thing, which was nearly 10 years ago now. Absolutely bonkers. Um, Mark has continued to develop his work exploring this disconnection from the living world in modern culture, working as a bridge guide and space holder with business and organisational leaders, uh, with community groups and with some of the most marginalised communities in this country. And in recent years has been digging really deep into myth and story as navigation fertilizer for reconnecting us back into the places we live and the more than human world in these mysterious times. Ever is, was by trade, a brand strategist and facilitator. We've worked pretty closely on on a few different collaborations, including the Social Imagination Project Dream Space. Um, Ever took part in the six-month Becoming Crew peer supported experience. Um, She is an extraordinary holder of space. She works from a place of deep intuition. Um, She creates trusted and I'd say sort of creatively fertile spaces where people feel belonging. Um, She is fascinated in helping people connect to their own inner knowing and bringing the practices of embodied knowledge, new ways of knowing the world into the mix, which is pretty wild and essential for these times. So I'm really excited about we know what we're doing together, what we've been learning over the last 12 months as we've been shaping this emerging Becoming Crew offer. So this conversation is really a spontaneous, meandering, reflective uh, conversation on some of the work we were doing last year, some of our learning, some early thoughts on the intentions for this year. It's offered to you in the spirit of openness and emergence. It's part of our intention to work more in the open, to show our workings as we go and to try and make sense of what we're learning together because Becoming Crew is really ongoing evolutionary practices. It's emergent work for emerging times. Anyway, I'm going to shut up now as that was a really long intro, but you know, If you know me or you listen to me, you'll know that I have to speak to things to kind of make sense of them. So that's that. Anyway, I hope you enjoy this conversation. I hope if you're interested in what we're doing with Becoming Crew, visit the Becoming Crew site, becomingcrew.com, or you can find it off the podcast site. Um, If any of this is interesting to you, reach out for a chat. We're we're open. We're here to listen. Um, This is episode 63 of the Spaceship Earth podcast. Enjoy. You're listening to the Spaceship Earth podcast with my dad, Dan Burgess. Ever and Mark, Hello. welcome to our little, our little live episode here in uh, here on the on 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 Dartmoor. Give the, our listeners a little bit of an insight here into 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 where we are. We're in a we're in a we're in a cottage on Dartmoor, and we've got some sun streaming in. It's uh, it's Jan it's mid January, is it not? It it's, is. Fri- it's Friday the thirteenth. <gasps> is it? I know. 
I know it's an auspicious day. <laughs> and your story got deleted. And my story got deleted. I oh, know. We recorded. Uh, we recorded Mark um, sharing a lovely little sort of mythic delight last night, and he was slightly apprehensive when, weren't you, Mark? When I said, uh, um, "Can I record this?" and um, why were you up? T- t- tell us why that you felt it wasn't the right thing to do. Well, there's an old storyteller's thing about stories that don't travel well in the recorded form. So uh, I was, yeah, I don't know whether this, this story needs or wants to be recorded. Mm-hmm. And uh, but we did it, and uh, I thought just go with it. And then, but this morning it turns out that the story didn't want to be recorded. <laughs> it was there for the moment. It only lives in our hearts and minds. So I know that the the. the uh the memory card, the SD card in the recorder was, was storyless this morning, <laughs> which was slightly strange. Dun, dun, it was definitely dun. on there last night. But there you go. So we can't share that story. Um, but yeah, we're here. We're here. And um, it stopped raining. Well, no, it's raining again, but it's not sort of like rain as we knew it in the last few days, which is sort of... Torrential. <sighs> Torrential. Mm. It felt a little bit like we weren't becoming crew, we were becoming river. Because <laughs> the river got <laughs> higher and higher and higher and higher. Yeah. Yeah, it was quite, it's quite, quite um, something to be kind of um, immersed or sort of like, it felt like surrounded, mm. surrounded by, um, yeah, just sort of insane rain for several, it felt like several days. Mm. Mm. And um, the, the footpaths that have decided for a while that they're going to be rivers mm-hmm. and uh, and everything felt like was water moving. That's it. But even, I, I felt like just spending a bit of time with that river, like so fierce, so, uh, yeah, just like so high, so fast and kind of like being in, in the presence of, of that force, I felt... You know, and we went for that walk and I really felt like something moved in us and mm. I sort of feel like the kind of, you know, and we all came back from that walk with, um, we used that word in me, chutzpah, you know, we... we you used it, brilliant. I, I, yeah, <laughs> you know, with just like a sense of like, okay, there's there's some daring to be done this year and I really feel like that was, that was you know, that was a gift from the river Yeah, uh, to sort of... Yeah, it's 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 interesting, isn't it? Because we came we came down to do a little bit of a bit of reflecting and a bit of dreaming on on what you know on 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 this work on this on this becoming crew mission, you know, which we we've been sort of experimenting with last year in twenty two and increasingly towards the autumn. And uh, what do we say? We always like to say we've started whispering, whispering mm-hmm. about it. Um, and also then to sort of do to, to create a bit of space to sort of uh, yeah to just sort of check in together on what 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 came through you know what happened last year because it was a bit of a as ever the years seem to get crazier and then to do a bit of dreaming into this year and um, but it's interesting isn't it because we and you know and, and we were lent this great cottage uh, by dear friends Gail and James and we've come down but you when you you plan something and then obviously it happened to be like this extraordinary extreme rain week <laughs> and, but how that sort of informs the the sort of how we felt i guess totally. when we got into this space mm-hmm. two days ago and and like yesterday morning i thought when we were we were doing that kind of um we decided didn't we just sort of like to sort of like draw on images from 
you know what kind of images we were holding from the work last mm. year as a little as a as a as a way of reflecting beyond words and i definitely felt quite it felt it was i mean it was it was um it was a really interesting um exercise but i definitely felt sort of in the cottage with the rain just continuing like mm. day 4 of this rain or whatever it was that that was really impacting how i was thinking maybe yeah. about the, this work this year and like you say and it wasn't until we actually started to move out onto the moor late yesterday afternoon mm. when the rain finally stopped that a sort of another dimension of the sort of of the sort of energy of this stuff sort of shifted yeah it? yeah it's interesting for me because it's always this dance of going inwards and reflecting is you know it's vital it's a really useful thing to do and there always has to be a point where you're like get over yourself and you take it out you know you you take it out you you get out of yourself and you know what what i think you're speaking about is like we're kind of like sinking in very quite deeply and quite literally into the couches and thinking yeah what is, what is it that i'm holding what's what are my images and then there's a point of like okay now i need to get out and out onto the moors and and walk with this stuff and and be um with this stuff with you know in the context of of the like the larger web of life so so always, always that dance between reflection going inwards and bringing it back but it, but it felt to me like there was this beautiful invitation by if you like the living world yesterday that the morning was just this deeply intense torrential rain that felt like it was coming 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 the river rising and rising and rising and just at that point that we were sitting reflecting deepening everything cleared uh, and it was almost as if that was the invitation and i wonder what would have happened yesterday if it hadn't if it had carried on raining oh, whether God. actually our energy would have gone we're just going to keep on deepening but mm -hmm. it just felt like there was this moment that just like oh, it's bright and this beautiful and and then as we were stepped out onto the onto up onto the high moor just as this beautiful light came across the sun was just beginning to go down and it cast this golden almost like buttery haze across <laughs> across everything it just felt like there was this invitation to, to be different to think differently yeah. to behave differently and it felt you know you know all of a sudden the chutzpah started to flow yeah. and um and i'm just curious about how that would have been so very different had it just carried on yeah raining and, and how our energy would have responded to it and you know it's making me think about um just this, this whole thing that happens when you let go of the control you know in this case the let go of the control of the day so we didn't come here with a very specific agenda at two o'clock we're going to do this we, we we really sort of allowed ourselves to to be guided by the energy and it, the same thing happened with the community solo you know in terms of it being set and guided by the the winter time and the darkness and the kind of the heaviness of that time and it's not like we necessarily truly designed it that way it, what are you talking about it was yeah, totally yeah, yeah, it was just, yeah of course yeah it was very precisely designed <laughs> um yeah it's, it's the spirit of uh, emergence i i find this though that you know also personally some of the most challenging uh, the tension between this in in this uh, in this time in this moment with you know I, f I found that such a tent you know because it is this trusting trusting something very different mm. to what 
what our culture has told us we must trust, you know, the, 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 the culture of, of doing and of control and of productivity and, um, you know, not wasting time mm. um, and, uh, you know, programming detail and, you know, do we need, you know, we need more. We need more. You know, this it's it, and and it, and, it, and then trying to let go of that and 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 trust these other ways of of allowing, you know, the answers or or at least your the insight that you're seeking to emerge in a more, you know, what I mean, the direction of travel to sort of unfold in a more open emergent way. It's it's um. I guess that's what a lot of this is about because it is it is a sh- it is a big shift mm-hmm. um uh, and and to for 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 people to trust that and to I guess ultimately it's ultimately it's about trusting yourself isn't it trusting your your own inner compass that the right or the the thing that's supposed to happen will happen mm-hmm. which is so countercultural <laughs> to yeah. the sort of the the machine <laughs> mm. And uh, and yeah, you're right. Yesterday was a sort of really interesting example of that, um, of not over-programming, of not trying to. And I have to say, I still did. I had a couple of moments yesterday. I was like, oh, you know, should be getting on. Um, you mm. know, should it be sort of like, you know, as my internal voice was like, oh, I feel, oh God, it's loads to do. And, you know, but then just sort of like quietening that a bit. And mm. I mean, know. trust is is so huge in all of this. You know, and I, I guess it's easy to say trust when the conditions for trust are set there. And I feel like, you know, that's one of the, the big reflections I have um, in terms of us collaborating and working. To, I, don't, I don't exactly know why, actually, but I feel a tremendous amount of trust of, of working together. And I, I sort of have been thinking about like, what, why do I trust Dan and Mark and this? It's <laughs> a great question. It's a yeah, great question. <laughs> this this whole um yeah why do i do i trust in, in in the conditions that somehow have appeared through us and 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 through us collaborating together and i don't i don't quite know how to articulate it but um i i know it i feel it when it happens i feel it in my body actually when it happens that even when we're you know when we're working on stuff together and even in those moments where the, the internal voice goes like, oh shit, should we have a bit of, bit more of a plan for this? Should we be controlling this a little bit more? I'm able to, you know, quiet that voice and things do emerge. And, you know, I've had so many of those moments where I sort of like looked around and was like, oh, wow, that, that just happened out of sort of seemingly nowhere. And I think that's, that's what happens when you're at the threshold you know, love talking about thresholds, but when you're at the threshold of like, no, I, I really have the itch to control when, if you're able to sort of stay with that moment and not fall into wanting to control things again, that's where I think like something really, really special happens. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, and, and I think trust was also a really big theme and I think we all felt that with the first cohort of community solo the people that trusted to go on this sort of like quite a mad um, offering mad, mad adventure that we put out into the, like the the gratitude that I felt for people to to trust and 
because they brought that trust into the process, I think it allowed it, well, it, I know it allowed it to be what it, what it wanted to be. So yeah, trust is a big, big theme. What was that? Um, I can't remember. Someone, someone wonderful said that. I can't, I'm not going to be able to repeat the line properly, but it was something like travelling at the speed of trust. Yes. Mm. It's, it's quite, um, I mean, I don't know whether it, it comes from them, but it's definitely a big theme in um, the work of uh, Adrienne Marie Brown. Trust, the, the yeah, going at the speed of trust or working at the speed of trust. It makes me feel, think about the whole idea of, when things just feel right and how that's become something that it almost culturally doesn't never feels like it's enough for things just to feel right. And this idea you talked about ever just then about being at a threshold and, and actually at that point stepping across the threshold, does it feel right? And I think that's feel, you know, my own sense of the trust between the three of us, it just like kind of just feels right. And therefore just keep leaning into that feeling as opposed to then go, well, it feels right. So why don't we structure? Why don't we write down a structure, create a structure that that that, that scale articulates, it. Scale, scale it. it. That's when we need to scale <laughs> it. But it's almost like I think my sense is each of us has that sense of well, let's just keep leaning into this and allow what emerges between us, rather than rather than that whole sense of well, it feels right now. So let's try and crystallize that feeling into a thing, and it and it's I mean it's a dance, isn't it? All this mm-hmm. stuff. It's like how much structure do you need to put around things that feel right? It's, it's a constant dance, but mm. I guess my, my sense of trust comes from around the fact that we all, I don't know whether we, it's like the dance is in some, somehow coordinated between us. We're all dancing to the same rhythm, tune. <laughs> it is, and it is, um, and it, and it is complicated as well, this, because of, because of that, because we're all still plugged into you know, a, a systems and culture that that um, you know predominantly runs on or wants to at least, I would say, illusionary run on a, a concept of certainty and control and you know um, cause and effect and sort of like you know I don't know it's kind of so it's very hard. For example, you know, even just as we've been you know in 2022, I guess, experimenting with this work and actually this that there was only really you know it's 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 work that can only really be born through experimentation because it's it's the shape of this work is is emergent right and we're and we're learning really through through practicing with people and creating experiences and then and then and then trying to sort of figure out what what felt right um not just from our own perspective but with those that we're working with and therefore okay that feels like a a practice or an experience that can be useful for this group of people or this organization in in the journey that they're seeking to go on but the old model you know having sort of you know spent 20 odd years sort of in that old model of consultancy and innovation and strategy and you know of trying to work through processes and tools and you know these kind of ways of doing things that end up becoming you know this is art this is this is how we do it you know and it's all very sort of like 
you go through the process and something pops out the end or you know or some shift happens or some idea happens and, and off you go and plug it into the machine and and keep going and of course you know there's lots of great things have come out of those kinds of approaches but we it's just we're so at the limits of you know there's also so much unseen destruction <laughs> that comes through those places which we're starting to see and feel and, and all sorts of things so it's interesting for me to think about it because i it is been it's been you know getting this work out and trying to understand even who it's for or who 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 could be most i'd argue it's for everyone but who potentially is 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 most ready and could most benefit from this from from working like this but it's it's hard because yeah we still you know and when you're working in a, the economics as well which we all are because we're plugged into this whether we like it or not a, a a system a machine that demands a sort of economic terms which are getting increasingly difficult for everyone um there's again this demanding that sort of kind of what 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 do i get through this process what will happen if i'm a you know whether i'm a a team or whether I'm an individual, what, what, what will this process give me? Um, and, and that's hard as well, because there's a lot of this again, is like, well, if it is, if you are sort of trying to create conditions for things to happen and there is some mystery in that <laughs> and it involves participation mm. from everyone. So it's not that sort of, we're going to, we're going to give you, you know, we're going to help you get the answer and off you go that feels again sort of old story and so i think last year one of my reflections has been you know we did a bit of work you know we sort of prototype this um i guess this offer for you know what what felt like an interesting offer for a, for a team within a you know an organizational context that are, that are being confronted with change and that was the work we did with with boston tea party um and then obviously the 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 other things that we got out towards the end of the year which was much more about sort of individual journeying um and uh with the community solo and the, you know the, the 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 online gathering spaces that we were doing space for not knowing so we did quite a lot of experimentation last year and it's interesting to me thinking back about you know how how those different groups of people respond and what people's expectations are um but then what happens through the process or the journey that you can tell something shifted do you know what mm -hmm. i mean um that 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 sort of changes um you know that there's been a change in how someone you know when they start they came into one of these experiences and then they come out of that experience something has sh has shifted but i still feel like it's i don't think we could have started any other way than a very experimental mm -hmm. open way yeah. Because I kind of feel other, you you tend to then root yourself still in that sort of more comfortable illusion, I would say, that it's a it's a solution, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? Do you know what I mean? I'm, a, probably, I'm rambling a bit here, but do you know, do you know what I'm it, sort of saying? I, I do. It makes a lot. Of, so for, for me, I, th I come back to this idea that we talk about quite a lot, which is that, that we're in mysterious times is the language we use. And, you know, it's also, you know, Many people describe it as unraveling times, um, and if you're going to be truly walking through these mysterious times, actually the question becomes: How do we navigate? 
and that has to involve an amount of experimentation because it's impossible given what we're living through on all levels in our culture like there's there's still too much sense of if you do these things you can be certain of knowing the outcome and i always think of it as like walking in the mist you know uh, on another day on Dartmoor when you can when the mist comes down and you can hardly see in front of your face and then occasionally you get these glimpses of clarity within those mists you know the wind blows and you just get this vision oh god it's over there the tour I need to be getting to that I think is what we're talking about with these deeply mysterious times we can't know we have to experiment our way through it and I think that's what we're why we started this through and let's just see what emerges because when you're navigating the mystery in the way that we all are trying in some form to do you you have to start from a place of saying, I, I just simply don't know, but I just feel and trust that we're moving in the right direction. And you have to start by putting one foot in front of the other, otherwise you're just stuck stuck um, still on a misty moorland. And so I think that's that was at the heart of it. Let's just, navigating the mystery, you have to start. And for anyone that's sort of listening, thinking, well, what, are, you know, but what is certain in this work that you're doing? Oh, I would, in my mind, is that we are trying to create experiences that are helping us root more deeply back into the living world and to and to and to start to open up to life that is more than just human that's a that's a sort of fundamental part of this work to to work to sort of help each other work with uh, work with the 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 stuff that is most alive inside us which is again is often uh, hidden in our modern cultures and organizations and whatever so so trying to create a space for the for the real the real kind of uh, mysterious inquiries that are probably sitting in us to come through and then this idea of 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 course of 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 exploring in in community uh, and again that's human and more than human but this idea that we're not we're not alone and actually when we start to learn and work and explore and experiment together um, there is something really, there is sort of really extraordinary possibility that seems to emerge through that. But I would say that's pro- that's probably about it. That's that's the sort of fixed, isn't it? And the rest we're sort of experimenting with. Mm. Yeah, for me, and when we were doing the the little practice of drawing the frames that stayed with us from from last year, from the experiments from last year. You know, like if I close my eyes now, like one of the frames that is coming up to me really clearly is this like this idea of weaving, weaving something really tender. And and I think we talk about it quite a lot that at, at the heart of this work is is connection, because if we accept that a lot of the issues that, that we're facing right now stem from from the disconnection right disconnection from ourselves disconnection from our communities disconnection this idea that we're somehow separate from the natural world this so is disconnection so like to me when it comes to like certainties it feels like on the other side of that is weaving connection mm. and it feels like to me it feels like we're we're weaving something really tender like again i i if I close my eyes now, it, it look it feels like a really tender, almost spider web, and it's. Um, I had a really, like, embodied experience of it during the community solo, like weave, seeing how the weave of connections between the people that joined us and and you know between us as as guides 
how they were being weaved and the people rooting into the places that they call home and rooting back into like what really is, you know, most alive for them. Like that, that felt really beautiful and so important, so important because I think like from that kind of place of connection, you can like you can go and do the daring stuff because you sort of feel and i think maybe that's where that's why my kind of own energy of daring and chutzpah is is coming from at the start of this year and i really didn't feel it sort of a week ago i'm i'm feeling it you know i'm feeling it now like last week i yeah i'm i i used very different words to describe where i was sort of emotionally um but i feel like that's where it's coming from i'm kind of really now starting to feel um or see the results of of that support that i certainly received as you know as being one of the the facilitators or the, or the guides on that journey but we always said like we're we're particip we're, to we're participating there's not it's not here we're not here as teachers or like we're totally totally in the process and um yeah and i really feel and i believe that that's what that what was kind of received across across all crew members i think it's really fascinating to reflect on that idea of being crew you know that's at the heart of of becoming crew there's something about how that how the thread through our work weaves between everybody so you're not just if you like you're not just stepping into service on the spaceship earth it's actually that process of weaving together that creates the courage and the um it's it's confidence but not in a sense of i know what's happening but it's that um willingness to step into the uncertainty and the mystery of these times and actually i think that's what i feel we've one of the things that we've been learning is that sense of actually it requires that weaving back into community mm -hmm. because that's so lost and actually the time that it requires to do that weaving into community is huge mm -hmm. it's like we you know it's all too often it's like well we're gonna you know we'll do a we'll do an icebreaker round and we'll you know share something about ourselves and that's mm -hmm. it we've got the community but actually that real tenderness of weaving just takes time takes time takes time takes time and it's only through that that you can really form a crew with enough connection and therefore the capacity to be in the mystery that we're in and i just it, it i suppose it's a learning of mine is quite how necessary and how much focus is required on doing that in these mm. times. Because we've lost those forms of connection in our everyday life. We don't have those threads of connection. Typically, you know, we live in these separate boxes, most of us separate from everybody else. And we've lost those everyday connections on those really meaningful everyday things that we do. So I think that feels to me so important is that through this becoming crew, it's like weaving, weaving, weaving connection and taking the time to do it. And through that, as you say, you have the confidence, you have the chutzpah to kind of go and do these things that are so urgently necessary. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what, another thing I'm reflecting on now. It's this sense of where it's, it's this urge, this, the sense between what we're doing here and dreaming and resting and really leaning into not leaping straight into this deep level of planning that's going to churn out the, the, the next big thing, but also sitting with the discomfort that kind of says, yeah, but also some, there's some, we're in these urgent times. And so all of those things, how do we take the time so that when we do act, we're doing it from a place of real, real strength and acting in our own, in our own power, supported and connected by our crew. Mm. Yeah. And it's something I, I think, um, 
over the years, what I was witnessing with the work I was doing, which was often about out outward work with, you know, brand organizations, foundations, NGOs, whatever, you know, multiple groups with really good intention to want to sort of solve stuff, you know, solve things, problems. And extraordinary sort of possibilities that emerged through a lot of that work. But what I was always struck noticing, and probably on my own journey as well, was this lack of going in, exploring the inner, the inner crisis and the inner capacity to therefore go and um, to participate in this change. So a lot of it's still very much like, again, the intention, the, the solution, the campaign, the mm. thing, all good, but very rarely any time to really go, well, we're part of this thing. <laughs> so what's going on in me and what's going on in you? What's going on in this landscape around us and what do we really know and what do we not know? And that depth that's being called for is always often seen as, again, or at least in my experience, seen as just like, mm, yeah, but it's a bit deep, a bit spiritual, a bit, you know, we've got bigger things to... But ultimately, as, as things have got more and more absurd, the, the, the damage and the, the, the vision and the complexity and the chaos of what is going on, it's becoming really clear, I think, that without without this, without working at this deeper level, without creating the space and and the investment that, you know, this is what we should be, we need, we need lots of things, but we, if we're not investing in ourselves as people, you know what I mean, as human beings, <laughs> how can we possibly create these regenerative futures that are being talked about without that level of you know regeneration from the inside and with each other mm. and with the world around us i guess going back to this question as we started with the messiness the experimentation of this work it is very difficult to to start in a solid place you know what i mean you know, it's it's an inquiry it is an inquiry and and hopefully it start it's starting to sort of shape itself a bit but yeah it's just I feel very, very, very certain of that. And yet it's still, again, in my own experience and others may have different experiences, but I still feel it's still, even now, even with all the obvious brokenness, that it's still often seen as maybe not as urgent or as important or, do you know what I mean? A bit um, fluffy. Bit fluffy, mm. bit kind of like yeah, but you know we've got to get on and mm. um and I know there's a lot that has contributed to that story. There's a lot that that keeps this there, but I guess what I'm saying when I think back now on the year of of you know last year, the, the you know some of the work we started to do with the the team at BTP, the work we've been doing with the community solos is very clear when you experience it what you see and experience is, is tells a very different story you know in terms of to you saying mark that that is then creating the capacity for people to to really step into the difficult stuff and my sense is always without without this type of work going on in parallel 
right? Because I think that's the crew element here as well is it's about participating in the change. This isn't just sitting in our own depth of, do you know what I mean? And our own kind of spiritual explorations. This is about, you know, really evolving ourselves in order to to do this, mm. to confront this really, 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 really like times that we've never experienced as a as a species. Mm. You know, it's like there are no answers to this. Um, so I've witnessed that with this work, like what it what what this can help people to go on and and start to do in their lives. And I think that's what's that's what's exciting for me. That it's a sort of you know, when you start to weave co-creation into this work alongside these journeys, then it gets quite exciting. Hmm. And we've been talking quite a lot about how do we allow this work to follow the sort of wheel of the year and the energetic qualities of the year. And and it it seems to me through that that nature's always doing that that beautiful dance again between growth and depth. And I remember when we were um seeding out the community solo one of the sort of ideas i was playing with this idea of, of trading growth for depth and this idea that we're addicted to growth 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 that we need to be doing more we need to be acting faster because we're we're really you know we're really in the shit so we've got to do we've got to do more we've got to grow this our our action we've got to grow our impact and that, and i suppose doing that was we were as we were seeding that it was in october november and there's a real sense of oh, how do we how do we switch out of that idea of growing. I can't and grow in November. I can't grow in November. Exactly that. And and it's like there's a time there's a there's a time for deepening. There's a time for depth. And if I I've really taken with a tree that we saw yesterday that basically the 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 tree had become river and it was surrounded by this r- raging torrent of flood water and it was standing firm. I was like how on earth can it be doing that? Um and of course, it's beca- only because it's it's invested the time in its in its depth, mm-hmm. you know. And so, if you look at everything out there, all those trees out there on on, on Dartmoor today, all their energy, all their attention is in the roots. It's not growing; it's deepening. And and yet, and yet, and yet, there will be a time come come April, come May, where everything it's doing is around growth, where it's it's outward, it's above ground, where everything is in beautiful, abundant emergence. And I just think there's something that that I'm just so fascinated by and curious about how we can apply those same. There is a time for deepening, and it's only through that practice have we rooted enough, are we grounded enough to do the urgent work that we need to do. And I and I just think that's so so important. So sometimes you just trade, you trade your growth for depth, and then and then and then you come back and you use it um, when the, when energetically that is the right thing to do and you know one of the things we were playing with yesterday was how do we design both the the things that we offer out into the world but also the way that we do it in that way so that actually it's entirely right for us to be having these dreaming sessions in january but it it doesn't feel like it would be right for us to do the same thing in july so how do we honor that in in the way that we organize as a trio and then the way that we put things out Mm. there's something in in um well when you were um chatting down about this uh, this idea of the importance of inner work that kind of needs to happen so that we can step um or continue to 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 be stepping more fully into service 
and there's something in what you're talking about in terms of trading um growth for depth i'm just struck by it. like sometimes in in life it's not your choosing you're being forced to trade growth for depth and i mean i i think I, i'm speaking for the three of us like we all had had our kind of like unravelings and in some ways we're sort of forced in in certain moments of our lives to, to like to go very deep like you know you well i certainly felt like i wasn't choosing that it was kind of happening to me i was kind of like being pulled down and and obviously when when that happens to people then you have the experience of like i need to go and do this 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 inner work and i guess i'm just quite interested in this idea um well when i look when i look back at, at sort of like my life and my work to that point like what has led me to a, to a place where i sort of i needed to go really really deep um and because there was no you know you when you know when you get to a point in life when you think okay i'm at the threshold and i've been resisting stepping over it for for some time and now something is just pulling me in um and i'm quite interested in this on an individual level but also like collective level because it really feels to me like that that that's where we are as as people as civilization um and as, and what's on the other side of that threshold mm. yeah it's that sense of in those moments so resistant are we to step over the threshold mm. that we've pulled through it mm. we've we fall quite violently through the trapdoor yeah yeah um and we talk about thresholds a lot and portals into other ways of being and I, and i i'm fascinated about the idea of conscious the conscious decision to step across a threshold into another way of being into another way of being in service and how in our life it's it, in our life in our work we can create i guess it's a ritual of noticing when you're at that moment of profound change in life when you're being called into service we're being called into something different and then you create a, a conscious threshold that you step over um and i just, you know the th the word threshold is, is used so often i feel these days and, and yet the root of it is so beautiful and wonderful this idea of it being the place where you know in the in the village you would have been sorting the 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 wheat um from the chaff and and you would then in that process of sorting, you'd be left with a pile of the stuff that is useful, mm. um, the grain, and the stuff that is no not useful to you, and how the threshold would fall between, would form between the useful and the things that are no longer useful to you. And when you look at it like that, it's that sense of how do we create those spaces where we recognise that we're going to step into now, recognising that we need to leave behind things that are no longer useful to us, and step into a future where we're we're working with the things that are providing us with what the nourishment if you like of the of you know what comes out of a of the threshold in that traditional sense what we actually need to nourish us and provide us with the sustenance to go forward and i just think those thresholds are so important to see a threshold like that is to create places where you're where you're the things that are useful to you and the things that are no longer useful to you and consciously stepping up from one to the other it's just such a powerful thing and it I feel, feels like it fits at the right at the heart of what we're doing. 
We live on a life-giving rock called Earth, hurtling through space. How bonkers is that? You're listening to the Spaceship Earth podcast. You know, it's just simple things that that signal a shift. Mm. You know, do you remember when we we took the BTP crew out onto the eight hour more walk <laughs> do you remember and we got everyone up at 4 4 a.m i think it was it's about 10 of us wasn't it i think mm. so, but we'd, we'd prepared them and we we gave everyone a hot drink and then we we asked everyone to be silent for the next hour we were going to get them onto a a, a mini bus and drive up <laughs> onto the mall do you remember we, it's we, really we, some some really vibey music as well that we mini were, bus, but, but, yeah. but even before we got the bus we were we were, yeah. we were you know we were burning some incense and we created some some candles down that path and we asked them to just um and you, you have that lovely way of um how did you put it i think it was just that 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 the the, the dark so the darkness moving into the sun rising do you remember i do and and it's all those moments that's moving from the ordinary reality into non-ordinary reality mm. that I think is so, like, we're so, so in this ordinary reality. It's always on this, like, constant noise. And there's something that we did at that, at that moment of threshold, which basically create non-ordinary reality, taking away from that. And then, and it's through there that the change happens. And you step across in a non-ordinary place into a much more, on the other side of that threshold is an intentional place. It's a place of, of possibility. And away from all of the other stuff. So it's like you're leaving behind all of that other stuff, which is no longer useful to you. The noise, the social media, you know, all of that stuff that takes up so much of our capacity in our yeah. brain. The emails. The emails. Step away from the emails. They're no longer useful to you. And you're stepping consciously into this new, non-ordinary reality because that's where the change is coming from. Mm. And, it, and it, was, it, was, it was amazing, isn't it? When we got, well, I'm just, sorry, I'm going to riff on this bit for it long because I'm just, <laughs> I'm just remembering it, you know, and, and we got onto that bus, didn't we? And we, we they, they, they totally played the game. They sat in silence for an hour, which is, in itself is quite interesting. Yeah. To be a group of you on a, in a, in a mini bus, uh, you know, in, in darkness at dawn, driving somewhere <laughs> you don't really know onto the, onto the moors. But everyone played, everyone was quiet, silence. And then we got up on, we parked up onto the moor and we walked them up. Do you remember? The sun was just starting to rise. And that approach to going back to the threshold, that manifestation, albeit small and, you know, improvised and whatever. And, you know, the invitation to open the imagination because we were inviting them really early on just to, to, to imagine. But it was, it set the, it set that context for that day, didn't it? That walk, yeah. everything was the level of openness that that team had and the level of, you know, which they played back to us after, the, the level of insight they learnt about each other through things like vulnerable sharing, which, again, that was their, their words, learning things about each other they never really learnt about, although they work with each other constantly in the work, in a dynamic workplace. It, you know, the, the, these quite simple practices um, and invitations to, like you say, to let go of, you know, what we perceive as essential and normal, stuff happens. Mm. You know, and a bit like the, you know, with the community solo, we should speak a bit to the community solo because that in itself was a sort of, a, you know, there was obviously a big threshold moment in that. 
but just how that came about because do you remember we were sort of thinking about well we we'd just done it we'd been out hadn't the three of us had done a solo down uh, late late summer early autumn yeah september yeah september just down the valley just a couple of miles down the dark river Mm. in, in the gorge down here yeah and it was like again that kind of remembering just how powerful that can be that's true because we did it we went on it without an intention of that being the offering i think we did right. it just as part of our own process our of own like, practice oh we're, we're you know we're doing this thing becoming crew let's ha- let's have a let's have a solo and kind of like set some intentions for this work and and i remember we we did it and it was like oh that's really good isn't it that's really mm-hmm. powerful maybe maybe that's the work like offering up kind of our our own practice and you know for me the the connecting thread between all of those things is um i guess in some ways it's a power of ritual that allows you allows us to set conditions that like suspend the rules of your everyday game for a moment and when i think about actually my my work again that there's a there's a thread of connection because i you know when i used to do sort of like brand strategy um and then i you know became sort of a workshop designer and workshop facilitator like that was the thing that i really loved that we can create a temporary space where we say to each other I know you know me as this person and I know I always talk like this or I always show up like this, but I'm going to put it to the side for a moment and we're just going to do something really fucking different and I can try on, try something different on. And I think that like there's such power in this idea that I can try on, like rehearse, experiment with a different way of being. And I think that only happens when you create like when you use ritual to create conditions for people to suddenly oh i don't hold up i don't yeah i have permission to be different and that's like that's where real dressing up box huh dressing up box. well yeah there you go (laughs) that's what we need dressing up yeah yeah that's that's next up on becoming crew (laughs) yeah (laughs) (laughs) just a giant dressing up box ah but it makes me also reflect on, because, you know, when we did that accidental prototyping of it, we specifically came to a place that we know in this beautiful place, far from the madding crowd on Dartmoor. And, but actually in a sense, whilst, you know, then we went away and we thought, oh, maybe we should design an experience where we bring people to this place. And then actually what became really clear to us is actually what was interesting about this was, was the element of place and that it's not necessarily about bringing people into these, you know, as pristine as Dartmoor is, despite its man's influence on this land, it, you know, has that element. It's, it's still far away from where most people are. And that's why kind of the, the birth of Community Solo as it became in November was actually about how do we support people to find that connection with their place? Uh, and that started to feel really, really interesting. Mm. And then it, when we actually got into it and we started to to to... to to do the community solo, how it felt even more interesting. And then, you know, we'd had those three connecting things where actually our focus was on connecting one another to one another to form that crew relationship and then practices to start to build that relationship with with with, with their place that they call home. Um, 
and then when we actually went out and we did the medicine walk collectively, we had people, uh, you know, walking in the woods and the forests on the on the edgelands of Berlin and in 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 around the Hague and in in um, Denmark and in, you know within the city of Bristol. You know, it's like we had those people that were so that were just deepening themselves into place and how that felt so right and, and this sense that if we're going to be in service, this idea that we have at the, at the heart of Becoming Crew, to, to use our work in service to all life, actually that needs to start not by not by being in service to a place far away from us and that there's this, this sense of what would it be like to be in service just to the, we talked talk to, didn't we, about this sort of, um, about about really getting to know the place that we live. And I, and I go back to Gary Snyder, who's a, um, I guess a, an eco-activist from, from the US. And Gary talks about this idea of becoming famous for five miles rather than for five minutes. And it just feels so ripe. You know, what would it be like to draw a circle five miles away? Could even be less than five miles, you know, for so many of us. It could be just like a mile radius around your home. And so I'm going to be in service to this little bit, this little bit and get to know it, get to feel like I'm a part of it, get to understand its rhythms and its nuances and it, the way it looks on a, you know, in a particular time of year when the sun shines in that particular way over that hill. You know, that's that's what I think we all need to be in service to. And that's, I guess, as we played that out and and, and experimented with that through the community solo, it just felt so very right to hear those stories of people deepening into this, into their, into their, place and getting to know them in in new and interesting ways and it feels so important this new relationship of with place so that we become like this is it's fascinating this idea of of us going into the more than human world and it feeling like that we might feel at home with it but what would it be like if actually we were we spent so much time in these places we call home that the more than human world actually starts to recognise us and starts to understand us and our ways of working and our ways of being. And that that's just, yeah. imagine, imagine that actually we just become so deeply ingrained into a place that the the, the local badgers and the road ears know about you and when you're likely to show up and all that kind of stuff. That's, I mean, that that feels like you get into that, it's a proper safari. It is. And we should, and we should just, just, just to, just to sort of summarise if you're listening, isn't it? This idea of the community so that Mark's been chatting so that, as Mark said, we well, how could we sort of facilitate, guide a solo experience, but do it online and help people connect to that place where they're actually from, rather than trying to ship a bunch of people to a certain place. Mm. And so that's what the community solo idea was birthed, and it was five, it's five weeks roughly. It's about four evenings of uh, an evening a week. What did we say last night? It's, it's like five evenings and a crazy weekend walk um, <laughs> at the end of it. It's kind of like that. Um, and, and, and because of the, the winter dynamic, when we started, we, we sort of shifted rather, rather than a kind of sitting, sort of sitting solo, a sort of solo just sort of, in, you know, often in a, a spot somewhere. We, um, we've been sort of riffing on, you know, the ancient practice of the medicine war, which is to, to go out onto a landscape and to, and to ramble, to wonder uh, and, and seek medicine, to seek kind of insight to, to big questions or, or, or big intentions. And so that was, that was the, the idea of the programme. And it was, it, was, it, was, it was pretty mind-blowing, I have to say. And we also, you know, as, as ever said, we, we've been guiding it, the three of us, but also participating in it. So we're taking part in it as well. And and we should talk a little bit about it because it was for each of us. I think it was surprising. Mm. Um, 
what was possible, what happened, what happened to the group that came with us on that that journey, um, and yeah, just sort of how it's how it's impacted us. Mm. Because, um, and you know, I was looking at some of the feedback that people have given us um, of recent, and there was a lot of lot of talk about love mm. and care. Mm-hmm. And, and and that's kind of interesting, isn't it? Those sort of qualities in in these times, people talking about spaces where they felt that because I, I don't know, I have this thing again, like this hum, fact. There's human beings, like this kind of love, this lightness is in is in us. It's in us. It's just a, we're just I'm convinced we're born with it in us, <laughs> but for whatever reason, well, for multiple reasons, you know, these times you kind of think, oh God, you know, where is it? But it's there, and I think some something about this community so it was also about has been about again sort of trying to sort of create a space where where that that can that can come through mm. that can sort of open up mm. um but i i was also just just from personal thing just yeah blown away by you know the the walks the medicine walk and then people had we we timed it all um some folks went out for for, for 2 3 hours some went out for for 12 yep. some went out for 5 six. i mean it was a real 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 mix but um it was, I mean, medicine was, was received, right? Everyone came back with pretty extraordinary insight. Mm. Yeah, you, 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 you had a pre-wild pre ride yourself, didn't you? I did, had a, I did have a very wild ride, yeah. And I, I um, yeah, for me, it was, it was as we were starting this, that cohort off, yeah, my dad, you know, my dad had heart failure. So I was like, I remember like dropping a note into you guys saying, I'm not going to, you know, I'm going to struggle to be on the opening session. So I was in, he was in ICU. So I was in ICU with him up in, up in um, Uxbridge. Um, so I missed the, the opening, the opening session. But that whole timing for, for me was, you know, with my dad, was he going to make it? Mm. Um, and so I was, but I was coming into that, you know, from the second week onwards and what I was finding was the, that community, that, that sharing that was going on, that exploration that was going on in that community and listening to each other and helping each other shape the sort of questions that were sort of coming up and preparing, you know, preparing ourselves for this this medicine walk at the end of which was just before the solstice um so i found that quite a at the time it was a it was it was really helping me you know with some roots actually in in what was massively turbulent time um and my yeah my question was all around you know when i went out for the walk on the sunday uh, you know, my question at the time has, was was all around this this you know be how to, how to navigate these this these for me dark times darkness mm-hmm. challenging times which has fundamentally been a question I've been carrying for a long long time but um but I have moments where I fi- I find I have overwhelm you know I f- I have overwhelm from you know the bigger stuff that's going on in the world and then and then at the end of last year very very sort of close things in the family and culminate with my my dad's Ill, illness and situation and and so when i went out onto the medicine walk on the sunday you know i was very much about how do i find that how do i keep that light how do i find that light within 
going through these dark times, how can I remember to 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 find the to seek the light as well to hold that as well? You know, which I think I ended up with like how to learning to dance through the darkness and the fog sort of thing. But I went out. I went out towards dusk. You know, because of that, because that's where my head was. I thought. I thought. I you know what? I need to go out. I need to go into the darkness. Hmm. That's that's what I have to do. And I also went somewhere near me. But I, I felt again. I needed to go somewhere I didn't know as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what I loved about this process, the the sharing of that with that community. So the, the, the comfort, the courage to hold that question, which I think a crew helps you. They help you be OK with that. You know, what I mean, not even OK, just be really be really um, present, to present it? with it. Yeah. Like really hold that question, you know. Fucking go for it. <laughs> Should I mean, mm. <clears throat> I think that's what a crew helps you do. But I, I knew I needed to go. I knew I needed to go somewhere that I wasn't familiar with to really explore that question of, of how to be with, with challenge and darkness. And so it was so surreal. And it had snowed that day. Do you remember? Yeah, 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 yeah. And a lot. Yeah. And it, you know, um, I went out on that snowy dusk kickoff and to this wood that's on this hillside of Bath and it's steep and it's gnarly and it was getting dark as I went in and I just yeah I had such a profound a profound experience where I really pushed myself to my edges of comfort and discomfort and fear you know it's it's, it's hard to sort of articulate but you know what I mean but there's a sort of like there's a there's a different energy that was driving me it wasn't I wasn't it wasn't a rational energy you know I wasn't going oh I need to do this or I was just drawn to to I just went where I felt I needed to go um and I came back from that thing and obviously we had the we had the the, the virtual gathering the return which was amazing and 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 all of those emotions but yeah and then and then the next day you know I got a call from the hospital saying my you know your dad's hasn't got long to go you know get here you know and um and I went up to drove up to London and my brother got over and we both and then we you know we were with my dad you know all the way through till he died on Monday afternoon and but there was something I was as I said to try to articulate this recently I was that community solo that medicine walk that whole thing you know it happened to land where while this was going on um but it really really um not just helped me get through it it grounded me but it's 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 continuing the medicine is continuing it's it's helping me it's really helped me um yeah just sort of again I come back to navigate i'm 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 okay you know i'm sort of you know there's a lot going on there's a lot of processing still going on but i feel like that process gave me medicine that i really needed mm. and continues to do so um so yeah that's a sales pitch for community solo if you're interested you don't have to be in a situation where uh, you're being confronted with these kind of things but anyway it was yeah. but, but i think for me what you're speaking to is like the importance of the the connection that we formed over the the sessions that we had online and then this honing of this question this intention this thing that you're working with it's not and and you know and it's not that you need to go out on this medicine walk with like, you know, this sense of what is my life? What is it that I'm here for? It, it's, it's, it, although, you know, it could the, be that, it could be that, but, but actually often it's just like that sense of 
right here, right now, what is it that I, what's most alive for me at this moment? And then, and then in naming it to the, to the crew, you're giving it weight, you're giving it depth. And then in creating a threshold, then you're saying, uh, uh, and you're stepping out of this, out of your current reality into this non-ordinary reality. And you're handing over, I suppose, agency to the, to the living world. And you're basically saying, I, I, this this is where I am. This is what I'm li- living with. Over to you, <laughs> you know. So when you went into that de- deep dark quarry and the fog and the snow and all of that into the darkness, that's where the medicine comes from because you're 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 shedding the control. You're you're, you're shedding all of what you felt you knew, and you're saying I'm open, and and that takes courage and stuff. And that's where the crew comes in because uh, you know it was wonderful, like to reflect back on it and go. You know, this idea that there was uh, at broadly the same time as I was out in, in my little bit further downstream from here, where I live in in Devon, uh, uh, on the banks of the River Dart at dawn, knowing that somewhere out in the world, you know, there was there was David doing his thing out in the Hague at exactly the same time, having completely a different bit of medicine, but the medicine nonetheless was just such a wonderful feeling to be a part of. Um, and that, you know... I, the medicine I needed was very different to the medicine that you needed, but it was medicine that I'd called in and that the, 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 the universe was, was provided. But, but because, we'd set the, because we'd done the work to clarify the question, to create the threshold, and then to speak the intention. And I, and I always go back to, to this wonderful thing that I learned from one of our teachers, um, Dan, Chris Salisbury of, of Wildwise, and he, I remember him saying the, the root of the word abracadabra. It's not, you know, it's, it's, it's not this sense of I'm going to pull a rabbit out of a hat. It's, it's actually uh, a word um, from the old, the ancient Aramaic language that says, as I speak, so I create. And that's that practice of saying both to your crew to be witnessed and then saying to the threshold to, the, to be witnessed by the, by the more than human world, I, as, I, as I speak, so I create. And you're creating an, uh, a possibility in saying that thing. So actually, you know, getting used to speaking your intention out loud to be witnessed by it. It just it was, it's, there's, there's magic in all that stuff. And I'm, I'm so glad we were able to experiment with it. And, and with that, that lovely little first crew on the, on the community solo, it, it felt, felt really rich and ripe and, and, and right for these times. For me, it's interesting hearing you talk Dan about, um, your experience is, is like it's such to me it's such a clear example also of <clears throat> how this this element of stepping into service falls into all of that because you know as as you said or I heard you say um, that that was the support that, to to kind of allow you or help you move through some like really challenging things that were going on in your life and then well I can I can certainly feel that in you and hear that in you that like you've come into this year with this sense of like yeah I want to step up my voice in podcast like you're you're here you know you're able to to be stepping into service so yeah I'm just kind of like left with the power of 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 when you receive medicine it's not for you it's through you it's through you for us all like you know we all have a stake in you feel like being able to move through this stuff because then yeah, we're we're all able to kind of like receive what needs to come through you, and I I just I just find it really mind blowing um, the shift between 
that that medicine is 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 not for me it's through me yeah it's a really beautiful kind of like embodied way to experience it for me because i'm like yeah i'm excited what dan's going to do with his podcast you know <laughs> the medicine is all ours <laughs> yeah well yeah it's Thank God, yeah yeah you know and i suddenly feel like that because <clears throat> my medicine walk i remember i was getting quite angry during this medicine walk i was getting a bit pissed off a bit like i don't know a bit uncomfortable <clears throat> I remember that day very, very clearly because it was the first day of snow in Bath and I've woken up to this like a really eerie landscape, you know, it was all like someone dusted flour or something all across the world and it all just did the outlines of, you know, gnarly kind of bare trees and like I have some, I have some frames from that day, which is just this yeah, grey sort of background and you know dark trees across it so it felt like it really felt like I was stepping into a very different um yeah the threshold element was really really strong and I remember like yeah getting quite sort of quite restless quite angry quite um uncomfortable during the walk um it wasn't you know it wasn't kind of like a lovely sort of skipping ramble it was there was some efforting in that walk I mean, my, my relationship to winter has, has changed over the years, but I still find it like there's a kind of a loneliness that can settle in for me at this time of the year. <clears throat> um, and yeah, and a, and a bit of darkness. And I really feel that like during that walk, I was able to sort of like connect to the element of anger that feels really generative for me. In, maybe particularly in the context of like, um, you know, being a woman getting angry and like, how does that look like and how, what, what can that power, what can that generate for me if I can connect to like a healthy expression of anger, you know, and also knowing that that anger can somehow be seen and be supported in community. So in a community of, of, of people that we, that we journeyed with during that community solo. I'm getting a real sense that I am only kind of just now truly started to integrate that that walk and I know I feel I just I just feel it in my body I feel the memory of how it felt to sort of yeah get get a bit angry and not everything being bit not not being pretty but then me being able to share that with community be witnessed in that and I feel that it's it's kind of it's liberated something in me, um, which again I I feel like it will it, it offers me an opportunity to then continue with the work that I feel is really important and, and called for in the world. You're listening to the Spaceship Earth podcast with my dad, Dan Burgess. I think there's something really important there about how the way that the medicine is dispensed is not always seeking an immediate response from us. Mm. Um, and... You know, in Dan's case, that sense of there was an immediacy because you were right at the, this, like, this deeply acute 
acute part, but actually for, for many of us that we're thankfully not actually in that deeply acute life or death situation that you are faced with. And I think it's just that sense of, you know, for so many of these experiences out there where we're receiving medicine from the living world, actually to over-process, overthink of, you know, over-process um, what we received is, um, is, is a dangerous thing to do. And actually it's about like just slowly integrating it. And we, you know, in our, in our, as we integrated our medicine experiences um, with the crew, both that evening and our return, and then our, our final session on the following week, it was been really clear that we don't make sense of this work straight away. This making sense of this work might happen next week. It might happen next month. More than happen, ha- more than likely, slowly emerges over the course of years and years and years. And I think it's just that there's a there's a real danger in our culture of trying to make sense of all our of our experiences. Must try and make that make sense. And that's, what do I do with it? What do I do with it? Yeah, what <laughs> yeah. am I going to do with this medicine? Mm. And actually, it, there's a trust again, isn't it? Mm. That this medicine is working and it will emerge in me mm. in some form. It's, again, it's, it's, it's the tension because it's so countercultural <laughs> towards the culture that wants now and answers and solutions to the sort of like, well, let's just, yeah, how to, how to trust that what happened to me through this there is insight and there is there is something going on that that i need to sit with and trust well i guess again that's why you know one of the things you remember last week this on this often this need for ongoing is there a role for sort of ongoing support in this work which i guess is part you know some people would call it integration support you know there's a there is this question what it, what is a sort of light touch way of supporting the ongoing like you say this thing you know you're you're just you're sensing that 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 experience for you that walk for you and Sarah is just maybe starting to you're starting to sense some of it mm. some of its some of the intelligence that was that you were left with because i think there is, yeah and i think it is light touch but it is a question as a live question for me how do you you know, how do you keep community going that come through these experiences? Because a lot of what we're playing with with this work is experiential, isn't it? You know, we're, we're only really able to unlearn and learn through, it, through experience, that experience that we feel beyond just our minds, that we can feel something. There's a, there's, a, there's a different way of knowing the world or ourselves or each other that has occurred. Um, and and um and those experiences happen and then it, and then there is this question of how to keep how to keep working with that that feeling you know what i mean that integration of that of that stuff um not through a slack channel yeah not um, through a slack channel and it, it, well it is that sense we've been uh, you know this idea of becoming crew on spaceship earth it's not that you're crew for as long as you're part of the the program um you're because we're all crew on Spaceship Earth, whether you do a community solo or or, or whatever else it is with, with us, it's and, it, and it's that sense of how do you then build, build, maintain, support community without it defaulting to the we're going to create a Slack channel that you can be a part of, and it might be that might be part of the answer, but it's not the answer. Um, it's like how do you how do we nurture the communities so that that we're all I don't know encouraging, supporting, holding 
one another. Particularly in this idea of sort of decentralised, distributed places, people in places, because again, there's sort of a I always think about, you know, the old models of change that I've worked with a lot of the time has been, you know, you how do we scale this thing? You know, how do you scale the change? How do you... And it's very blunt and it's very sort of mechanistic, you know, but this is messy, messy human shifts, which requires a quality of attention that scale doesn't do, you no. know? And so, uh, so, 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 yeah, um, but it does feel really... Um, just so vital and can only look at the future and think will become more vital uh, uh, to support this this evolution i'm thinking of um spaces for not knowing actually in that context yeah spaces for not knowing was a is a is a pretty mad um idea and an offering in some ways but i guess the intention behind it was to uh to convene people and experiment with like what would it feel like to be together and be really present to the fact that we are living in times of great great mystery and actually any kind of certainties we used or seeming certainties that we used to like build our cultures and our structures and our economic systems are really, you know, they're they're myths. They're not certainties at all. And like, there's so much stuff from from our everydays that you know. What I'm going to speak for myself that from my everyday that I've accepted as common sense that just doesn't make sense anymore at all to me. It's not, you know, it doesn't. Can you give us an example? Educational system, healthcare system. Uh, yeah, I mean, most of reality doesn't make, you know, I've spent... I remember you talking, do you remember, I remember you talking about, you know, as a, you know, on your journey as, you know, working as a brand strategist, for example, and how you might have felt, and it was just really interesting the way you used to speak Yeah, well, you know, good, whatever, 10 years of, of my work didn't make sense to me, still doesn't make sense to me, you know, but yeah, I, I remember very, very vividly feeling like oh, I have this job that is is kind of seen, deemed as like a cool job or a desirable job. I should be really happy. I should be really proud. And it's actually something I've been working towards. And yet here I am. And I feel like I'm doing something that doesn't make sense to me anymore everything about <clears throat> that industry actually is is made up it doesn't speak to anything that that is real experience of life for me and it, i also always had this thought that you know there's a term that I'd often sort of hear is stage managing. We need to stage manage this situation. We need to, you know, and that's that part of advertising, right? This is kind of selling things, of course, it's making them desirable. And there's there's such violence that I feel happens when we go, when we get into this groove that our job is somehow making undesirable or un, unneeded things desirable and and needed um and so you yeah i ended up sort of operating in um in a place in a system where 
you know, I was I was working on projects that I just felt nobody needs this. I don't need this. And yet I'm sitting at this meeting saying how exciting it is. You know, and it's very hard to speak to what you're talking about yeah. when you're in that context. Oh though, god, right? it is because you just think well, well I was thinking I guess I'm the mad one. Is that is you know, I I remember like looking around the room and thinking is anyone going to catch my eye and be like, yeah, no, no, I'm, I'm thinking that as well. But no, but, but it just doesn't, it doesn't happen because it's very, very difficult. Um, there's power in the room, isn't there? Well, there's power, a huge amount of power in the room on so many different levels. You know, there's, there's a whole lot to, to unpack there. Um, and yet, you know, it's, it's also, it comes back to, we are the system we are plugged into the economic system and for some people it's a lot you know they have the the capacity the opportunity to challenge some of that stuff and it's not just through sheer sort of like you know power of the spirit it's also like you know your your economic circumstances your your family circumstances There's, there's a lot wrapped into why it's very very difficult to challenge it and speak to it um, and part of it is also because, and I remember that voice very strongly in me, um, is is actually coming back to the not knowing because I I knew I I didn't want to do that anymore, but I didn't know what I wanted to do or what I could do, and that this idea of not knowing being quite paralyzing. I think it's it's part of the the design of the system. You have to have an answer, otherwise don't bother challenging it unless you can give me an alternative, a working alternative. Well, we're just going to keep doing what we've always done. Yeah, Mm. keep quiet. Pipe down. So I think that's why the spaces for not knowing uh, are so exciting. Because it's like, well, how does it feel to be like, I don't know, but it's not going to stop me from from being here, from challenging the stuff that I know doesn't work anymore. I don't have to have the answer. In fact, I, I know for a fact I don't. I, I, you know, the salvation isn't going to come from one single person, certainly not going to come from me, but it may just come from us saying that does not make sense anymore. At, I, I'm, I'm being present to the reality that this is not making sense mm. and I don't know. And it feels really radical, mm. that idea of saying, I just simply don't know. Mm. And I'm okay with that ish, mm. you know, I'm, but I'm, I'm sitting with it and that, that invitation that we have with the, within the space for not knowing to say, and no one here is going to solve that for you. Nobody here is going to coach you to the answer, but we're just going to go, I hear you. And actually realize that a field opens up between us where we all actually share much of the not knowing. So practically speaking, it's just, it's, a, it's, we do, do them online. They're a couple of hours long and it's just an invitation to come and sit with one another and express your not knowing, knowing that the outcome of it is not that you're going to be fixed, not that you're going to be solved, if only, but or judged, or judged, or judged, because we're all we all don't know. It's the expression of not, and it feels so countercultural and really radical in these days, where actually we're all being encouraged to kind of share. You know, here's here's what I've learned. Here's ten things that I've learned last year that I now know that I didn't know. And the the culture is like here. Here are ten things that I I absolutely don't know anything about, and and that challenge me. It feels so important. But they've been surprising, haven't they? Again, those we've done three of them. I think they've been surprising on so many fronts. Um, and the hunch. I think you know we also had a hunch, 
it's not a hunch it's something i think we've experienced many times over the years that when we allow ourselves to unknow or not know um and we allow ourselves therefore to be in a space where we're not no one's jumping in with answers and solutions and fixes um but where we're hearing deep unknowingness um that can be extraordinarily generative like that it can open up something where other ideas and questions start to emerge which are that have regenerative potential questions or or or, or perspectives which are not being heard because of the culture of knowingness <laughs> you know mm. um and i think we experience that haven't we on these on these sessions um and watching different people come to them again from all over the place and being drawn in for different reasons you know because we start we've started these sessions now with with this question you know what just first of all just a round invitation to like you know what brought you here you know, what what brought you to this session because that in itself is interesting to understand how people are experiencing you know variants and versions of what you just spoke to ever but you know because it shows up in different ways for people you know it's again it's not a there's no there's no one way of not knowing <laughs> it's a, it's a it's a extraordinarily sort of rich <laughs> place of uh of exploration um uh, and what can come through that but i've been really surprised again you know in a in a beautiful way um what comes through those those sessions and again that they feel um there's energy in them i don't feel drained whereas i can often feel so drained in a knowing space you know where mm. we've got to, we've got to know things and have answers and ideas and make shit happen you know that's so draining at times um but actually a space for for not knowing can be um can be really vital mm. Mm. i i think like if if someone asked me like oh why would i what would i get from it you know why would i why do you want me to come to that sort of mad gathering of people because i think there's something in like you know this term that i think is often used in these kind of spaces to, to sit with something that can feel really passive for a lot of people, especially like in these urgent times. They're like, what do you want me to fucking sit with something? There's no time for sitting. Um, but what I feel um, with a lot of this stuff, but particularly speaking about spaces for not knowing, is there's a, there's a liberation, there's a real sense of unstuckness that happens in the body when, uh, when I allow myself to, to be in the not knowing. And to accept that, like, my not knowing will not stop me from stepping into service. Because I think that's, again, that's, that's where the, para the paralysis often happened for me. Was, oh, I, d I don't know, so I can't do anything. Someone smarter than me, someone in a position of more power than me, they hold the answers. It's not me, you know, I can only do so little. So, you know, that, that whole narrative of, and it comes back to perfectionism, right? You know, the whole culture of white supremacy is based on you have to have the perfect answer if you if it's not perfect don't bother don't bother you know that's it's not your space to be doing it and it's not your and and, and it and that's wrapped in the sense of 
who holds the power and who holds the responsibility for change, for enacting change, for enacting transformation. So, yeah, for, with with spaces for not, I mean, there's 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 a lot there, but for me, fundamentally, it's a it's about a an, an embodied practice of allowing yourself to keep moving through things, um, despite or amongst the not knowing, the confusion, the despair, the really difficult things that are there and we're not creating a sort of a really happy positive story that people can get behind no like it's there's going to be a lot of gnarly bits in there and yet we we keep moving through it that's to me the the vitality of it and and uh last thing i yeah for me just on as you again listening to you there again thinking about at least what you know my my limited understanding of the more than human world but i see this again like this sort of the not knowing as sort of essential part of the sort of decaying and composting mm. required you know to actually speak to the things that that don't make any sense or that you have you don't understand or you just have no or that you don't want to look at that yeah. are uh, you know in inverted commas ugly or revolt you know right. all of that stuff all of that stuff by being able to speak to that and again not to be judged or not to have answers but just to speak to it just to sort of allow it to come out is a letting go it is a sort of a it's a for me it's a bit it's a bit like you know it is a, a rotting down a composting down a letting go part of a sort of breakdown um that if 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 new different forms of of growth and ideas and stories will come through that, that then stuff needs to be spoken to, mm. you know. Um, so I, I I do think it's um it's fascinating how by experimenting with some of the what we're learning through some of this, and you know we've been talking a bit about this year, this year ahead, and you know what are we, what what are we gonna, what are we going to take forward what are we going to let go of you know we tried quite a lot last year and um and even just thinking about how we are recognizing the the power in these these community solo experiences that could be really powerful for teams um in organizations to to take part in whether they're in a a single organization whether they're distributed global workers whatever it might be teams that don't spend time together but actually the power in these kind of experiences and also you know we talked about these spaces for not knowing as a, as a practice that we could also introduce into teams into organizations whatever because again it, there's there's real potential possibility in in not knowing mm. <laughs> and 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 creating the uh, uh, the cultural a culture where that's okay and actually where we recognize there's value in having some space for that every so often it's not every day you don't want to speak about your unknowingness all day long that would, that just wouldn't work it's tempting exactly <laughs> i've been there it doesn't work um but you do you know again like what are these new practices that are going to bring bring forth new forms of organize organizations new forms of, of 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 ways of people working together of of living together of creating new structures and systems that work for people uh, these feel like valuable tools practices as part of a spread of things um mm. to 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 be to be to be playing with so i'm quite excited by some of that mm. um so how we feel i mean i was thinking you know we've been rambling you know, but I was just thinking, like maybe just sort of thinking about how 
how we're all feeling now, mid-Jan, thinking about the months ahead. You know, what do you, what do we, what do we sort of, what's, what are we tuning into? Where are we at? Yeah, where are we at? <laughs> where are we at after all this? <laughs> you know, where are you at? Mm. Where are you all at? Mm. On a really practical level, I'm, I'm really at. We had this fascinating thing yesterday, as we said at the beginning of the conversation about the switch that we made when we moved from this dark, rainy, quiet space that we created in the morning. And then what happened? We went out onto the moor. I'm itching now to get out. It's still bright showers moving through uh, on the strong wind, but really quite a bright and breezy day. I'm right now, I'm feeling the need to actually go and take not necessarily this conversation, but our conversations back out onto the land. Um, just because of what that might do. But I'm really curious, well, where we got to yesterday afternoon, I think it's really still alive for me. Um, having done all that com- composting that we did and the sharing of what we've been learning, as soon as we stepped out there onto the moor, it was, it was, I think I'm pretty sure the threshold word was the word they ever used, which was chutzpah, which feels like it's the word of our, of, of our time together. But it was that sense of, uh, it, it's that sense of, a need and a feeling to dream into something bigger. And and again, really being careful and tender with this idea of growth, growth, growth. It's not about growth, but it's actually about something that feels really audacious about this work of becoming crew. And I'm, I'm feeling really alive to that. And you know, the light is really just gently starting to grow again uh, out there in the world. And I just feel like where my energy's at, as it starts to grow into February, March, April, as the sort of spring starts to kick into gear, what it might look like to create a longer form experience for becoming crew that really allows us to deepen into this work as a crew. Um, so I'm kind of feeling the need this afternoon, right, right here, right now, is to kind of take the dreaming back outside and see what the wind has to tell us about that. We've got something, we've got something cooking. We've got something cooking. It's coming. We're not quite ready to uh, tell exactly what it is, but it's coming. Yeah. It just needs a name. Mm. <laughs> no, yeah, we were going to sleep on the name. Didn't... But I just, I just before you, before you jump here, because this is, it was your word about daring. That's, that's mm. this sense of like, you know, we've got, we've got some really, really interesting experiences now that we're working with and shaping. And, and it feels like that, that, you know that autumn wintering work with the community solos, and there's a, there's a you know there's a, a a real a real life version that we want to to bring out as well, and 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 you know offering these up to organisations. But we've got something more daring cooking, and that was the way you were putting it. It was just really the chutzpah, but the the daringness mm. of feeling of where we're heading with this towards you know when the spring starts to come and the summer, and that is the t- that feels like the time where we need to be. Where we want to be mm. upping our our um the intention of this work, the possibility of it, and how we can invite a, a bigger cohort into it. Mm. Yeah, and no, I, f- I think in that daring, there's um for me, there's like there's a level of discomfort, and we always say that the sort of consciously held discomfort is like absolutely crucial for these processes. I think really, truly like transformational happens unless you kind of like go to to these places that feel gnarly and uncomfortable and dark. And um, 
and so for me this idea of daring actually is is there's a part of me that feels that knows that that feels uncomfortable for me and that's my that's a signal for me that actually that's mm. that's kind of where yeah go on ever like that's 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 your orientation and it's funny because um when we were speaking like a, a week ago before here and i said to you like i, I actually feeling like beginning of the year like i felt like a you know i felt pretty low and um i really wanted some orientation like um not in a sort of like new year new me uh here's my five goals for the year ahead but like just what's the direction what's the orientation where am i gonna pour um my what what am i gonna pour the love into um and i feel i feel i sort of like received that during that time together and it's interesting um again coming back to to to, to the support and the beauty and the lessons and the te the teachings of 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 the natural world or the modern human world i've had a few of these experiences in my life where I, when i'm confronted with something like quite fierce in the in the modern human world i somehow i'm able to like just absorb a little bit of that fierceness and a little bit of that chutzpah you know the river yesterday just like ah so out there so unapologetically so boldly out there you know i've had the experiences like that when hiking up a mountain i'm just like oh, this mountain this enduring huge mountain and i'm kind of like and i'm able to absorb a little bit of that endurance from the mountain and and so i feel yeah i feel quite electric actually i feel quite zingy at the moment which is really not how i was feeling at all just a couple of days ago so yeah i'm feeling good yeah definitely some some dart energy was transferred mm. was was transmuted or something transy happened <laughs> some, some, some happened out there yesterday didn't it with that river mm. um and i just think the wind like there's this beautiful strong west wind blowing as well across the mine i just how that brings new new energy and new life mm. into uh into us into things so even walking through this for like really deep squelchy mud you know like no one said it's gonna be easy but you keep walking <laughs> May the year be full of squelches. <laughs> Squelchy bogs, <laughs> strong west winds. <laughs> exactly. At your back, hopefully. Yeah. Marvellous. Well, we should maybe we should call it a call it call it a call it a session. Yeah. Um I reckon. And um yeah, we'll um we'll um we'll gather again in the coming months and we'll be able to um well, well, you know, we'll be able to sort of speak to the daringness, hopefully. Um, and thanks for joining us around our fire. Little, exactly. A little fireside a gathering in a little cottage here, deep in the heart of the moor. Exactly. Nice one. Until next time. Peace and out, as they say. Peace and out. <laughs> If you've appreciated listening to this podcast, would you consider sharing it with a friend or leaving us a rating or review via your podcast provider? It helps more people to find us and we'd be most grateful. So I hope you enjoyed that conversation uh, with Eva and Mark. Um, yeah, as I say, that was in the spirit of openness, sharing our kind of ramblings and our, and our learnings from uh, 
from this work as we go. If you're interested in any of this, go to becomingcrew.com and you can find out more about what's coming up and how to get involved. Like I say, we've got um, an offering for individuals. We've got an offering for teams in organizations and we've got a new thing coming quite soon, which is very exciting for, um, I guess, a creative learning journey for anyone who's working with story in our culture um yeah so that's coming pretty soon um that's in collaboration with stories for life um but yeah you can you can check it out on the site or you can sign up to the newsletter you know on our substack becoming crew.substack.com if you sign up to that newsletter you'll get all of the updates of any of these programs as they're launching and other stuff um yeah new season of the podcast coming shortly so uh, expect some awesome conversations coming down the line very soon appreciate your uh, support please do share with anyone you think who may enjoy this this stuff um it really helps uh reviews rating sharing you know the score don't want to bang on about it but it's really really useful for small independent podcasters like myself um yeah Look after yourselves out there. It's uh, definitely time to get outside as much as we can. The light is is increasing. There are little signs and shifts of life everywhere. Um, yeah, look after yourself. Until next time, peace and out. This podcast is created in service to life for you. It takes time, funds and energy to make. If you'd like to contribute to the running costs, you can donate the price of a cuppa or a pint. Find the link on our website. This podcast wouldn't exist without the following crew. Charlie Shred, Audio Jedi. Vicky Turner, Show Notes. Seaman Home Burgess, Engine Room. Willow Burgess, Jingles. 